all of us. Everyone at the state's academic medical center. All working together to deliver complete care now and for generations to come. All over the state, including hospital and clinic locations from the Delta to the Gulf Coast. All for one reason, you. The University of Mississippi Medical Center. All for your health. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. This is Southern Remedy for Women. I'm Karen Brown here with Dr. Michelle Owens, our special guest today. Well, first, let me tell you why we have a special guest. This is uh, Domestic Violence Awareness Month. And so we have someone that knows what that's all about and helps other people. Her name is Wendy Mahoney. She is the executive director of the Mississippi Coalition Against Domestic Violence. We welcome your phone calls today. This is a very touchy subject. We understand that, a very private subject. So if you want to call and make up a name and tell us you're from Tupelo when you're really from Bay St. Louis, we don't care. We encourage your phone calls. Your anonymity is important to us. And so, you know, we want to protect you. If you have a question or a problem or a comment, please call one eight seven seven mpb ring one 672 or send an email to women at mpbonline.org. Good morning, Dr. Owens. What are you doing? You're making eyes with Jay White over there. What's going on? Yeah, we're just sending each other telepathic signals into the production booth. Now, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. I have. So, okay. So, you know, this is a very sensitive subject, but the thing that is really interesting and one of the, one of the great joys that, um, that we have in doing this show and by this show, I mean, Southern Remedy for Women is I think that I like to say that we're the ones who kind of shake it up and that we do not allow for people to suffer in silence and we don't allow people to just be without information. Um, and so that's one of the reasons why I really feel committed to us continuing to do this show, because whether it's with mental health issues or so many other issues that many people struggle with, um, part of the problem with issues related to domestic violence, whether it's intimate partner violence or violence from any source, usually it's close. If, if violence is being perpetrated against people overwhelmingly, it's by someone who they know and who they know well, um, is the silence. And there is, there is shame and stigma and, and so many other fears that keep people in horrible situations. And so that's kind of why we, are kind of turning the light on this, the spotlight on this. Um, Many people might not have known that October is a month that's set aside to to bring more awareness about this issue. But the truth of the matter is we also have talked about breast cancer. We did breast cancer Mm -hmm. awareness. And so many people know somebody who has breast cancer. There are more women who are affected by domestic violence than are affected by breast cancer. And, and we so, don't know who they are for the most part. A, a lot of times you don't, but you know what? And, and sometimes an even greater tragedy is that sometimes we do. And even despite knowing it, there is 
and a feeling of helplessness and this overwhelming inability to do anything about it. There, there are just so many other areas of life that this touches aside from just the issues related to, you know, abuse and control of another human being. And it just gets more and more complicated if there are children involved. And, you know, sometimes when by people being aware, they may not know how to help. So that's kind of why, you know, I'm, I'm excited to do this. Because for the people who are listening, you'll get some great information. Hopefully you'll get some information about resources and those kinds of things. But additionally, it gives those women who are out there who've been suffering in silence, like today can be your day for you to decide that you're not going to be silent about it. And and you can call in and you can share your story and you can ask questions and you can frame it as I'm asking for a friend or whatever. It does not matter. And there's no judgment here. Um the thing that we want is for you to to have a, a a sense of normalcy about your life and to be able to be free from fear and free from oppression and free from violence um, and, and just to be emotionally and physically well. And um, it's really hard to do that if you stay in. Um, but that being said, you know, we talk about a lot of times we give people encouragement and advice about things to do to help with medical problems. Oh, you want to lose weight, exercise more and eat less. That's a whole lot easier said than done. And so it's like, oh, we'll just stop smoking. Well, that's a whole lot easier said than done. And and when a woman hears, we'll just leave. That's a whole lot easier said than done. Um, but anyway, that's why I'm so very heavy subject, but still very necessary. And I'm so excited that we have our wonderful guest here and that we are going to be able to do this show. And I, I just am so grateful to the production staff and everybody else who kind of allows us to continue to push the envelope and to be able to continue to talk openly about these things. Because, you know, sometimes it's those the little secrets, the things that we tuck away that do us the most harm. The well, whole concept of being as sick as your secrets Let's get on with it. Absolutely. Let's introduce our guest and and uh, and try and help some folks today. Wendy Mahoney is here. She's the executive director of the Mississippi Coalition Against Domestic Violence. Welcome. Thank you so much for coming in. Well, thank you for having me. Tell us a little about yourself, how you came to, to do this in particular. Well, I've been at the coalition as the executive director for four and a half years. Um, prior to that, did mental health for about 20 years and actually stumbled into this position. Uh, and when I got in the position, I realized so many people have been impacted by domestic violence and also myself and actually growing up in a household um, that was, you know, you know, riddled with, with domestic violence and didn't even understand it. You know, sometimes you, you know something is not right, but you don't have the context to put it in. You know, just like going to the doctor and once you give the diagnosis, you're like, oh. And that was your normal. You were raised in an atmosphere that was normal to you because it's what you knew? No, I don't think it was normal. 
it it was but it was common or it, but that's what it was you know what I'm saying and it wasn't physical see that's the thing about it that I didn't experience the physical abuse most people understand the physical you see the bruises you see those things but when an individual is in an interpersonal relationship and it's psychological and emotional it takes it takes just a greater toll on you and so um, in the t- controlling part uh, grew up in a household where my father was controlling he didn't allow my mother to do certain things and you just kind of like oh well, she can't go there or whatever and you knew it wasn't right but you didn't have a context to put it in you didn't we didn't talk about domestic violence oh this is domestic violence uh, you know you knew certain things or illnesses or diseases or things but you just didn't know that and so when I got married um my ex-husband was controlling uh, and the emotional and psychological abuse. And most people understand that, you know, verbal abuse, but really emotional abuse is when somebody puts you down. Uh, they commonly, you know, say negative um, things about you or to you. And those are things that hurt your feelings. But whereas psychological abuse is a state of mind, they try to make you feel as though that you don't have uh, as, as the old folks you don't have common sense, you know what I'm saying? Or that they want to get into your psyche, um, more or less. So the emotional and psychological abuse is what I dealt with as well as my mother while growing up. So it wasn't the physical, but, um, came to this work and just realized the impact and the intersectionality it has with many, many different components of life and said, oh my goodness, this is a major undertaking um, because domestic violence is oppressive because the abuser tends to oppress you and keep you down. So oppression uh in the context of domestic violence is huge. Um, And the violence is only a component of something that really keeps you in a a place of sometimes, most times fear, uh, anxiety, (laughs) uh, and you end, end up having some physical ailments as a result of mm-hmm. depression and other things like that. So, I mean, domestic violence, I, I, it is so huge. And you, you all open up by saying October is National Domestic Violence Awareness Month. Most people don't even realize that. They see the color purple. Uh, but in October, um, breast cancer overrides that. You know what I'm saying? You got the research and people are out there more vocal. But domestic violence touches people's lives. And Dr. Orange, you're correct when you talk about the silence. Because who realistically wants to say that the person that they love, realistically, you love is is demeaning you, degrading you, uh, harassing, just any of those things, manipulating you. Who wants to really say those things? Or to have someone things? say, if that's happening, you need to leave. You don't want to hear that if you're in that situation and it's so hard to to leave. Yeah. And maybe you can address that, why, why women would be in a situation like that and not leave. I mean, first and foremost, being in love. And then there's fear. Fear 
keeps people from doing many things, not just leaving a relationship. Fear can keep you from moving forward or whatever. And so fear, and there are a number of different factors. You know, there can be some economic factors where someone says, okay, I don't have any, you know, financial means. It could be your children. It could be so many isolation. Where do I go? Who do I talk to? Those type things. So it's so, it's so complex because when we, when we really say interpersonal, we're talking about things that are close and near and dear to you. It may be easier if someone, even a colleague can do something or someone, you know, in the grocery store, do something. You can brush that off. You're angry for a moment, but you keep going. But it's more difficult in these relationships. And interpersonal violence isn't just, you know, uh, a spousal or uh, relationships. You know, you really look at child and 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 parent mm-hmm. you know cuz they're interpersonal relationships there are relationships that have some real meaning to it and where it's connected by the relationship and the love component and and how you interact with that person within the relationship we so, need to take I'm sorry I'm going uh, no to take our first break of the show if you want to give us a call again you do not need to say your real name if you don't want to this is you know you keep your own privacy whatever you need to do we invite your phone call at one eight seven seven mpb ring one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four, or send an email to women at mpb online.org. We'll be back on Southern Remedy for Women on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. We're back on Southern Remedy for Women. I'm Karen Brown. Dr. Michelle Owens is here, and our special guest is uh, Wendy Mahoney. She is the executive director of the Mississippi Coalition Against Domestic Violence, and we are talking about domestic violence. This is Domestic Violence Month, and as we've already heard from Wendy, there is psychological abuse, there is emotional abuse, there is physical abuse. It does not just fit into a nice, neat little box. If you want to give us a call, we certainly invite your calls. The number is one eight seven seven mpb ring one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four, or you can send an email if you prefer to women at mpbonline.org. I have some like really so um, just in kind of researching some information for the show because the statistics I think kind of help to frame it in a way. You know, you talk about domestic violence and we always think about Farrah Fawcett in the burning bed or you know a long time ago there used to be um, commercials. I think you know we kind of as a society, we touched on these kinds of issues a little bit more, you know, in earlier times. And so I think about um, 
I can recall certain commercials and things from when I was a child. And uh, there was a, I think it might have been an Alcoholics Anonymous uh, commercial where um, you could they basically show the backdrop of a woman who's involved in an abusive relationship and alcohol plays a big part in that apparently that when her partner got drunk he would get violent and um, and I just remember the the big thing was that she was laying in the bed and she was wide awake terrified because she'd heard him come in and then the door opens and she kind of flips over in the bed and closes her eyes really quick. And as the door swings open and he turns on the light, he says, ah, the little woman. And there's like this sense of impending doom. Right. And you just realize that that is like that. So first of all, this is Southern Remedy for women. But we, um, you know, are also about the people who love them or who came from a woman. And so there are men who are affected by um, issues related to domestic and intimate partner violence. Um, overwhelmingly, the majority are women, about 85% of such cases, a little less, and, and so less for men, but men are still often um, the uh, people who are in abusive relationships who are being abused. Um, but I just thought, when you hear the statistics, it is very sobering, and that's when you realize, you you start looking at the numbers and you think, well, my goodness, who are the people that, you know, haven't experienced this in some way, shape, or form? And the truth is that those people are pretty much the minority as opposed to the majority. And and we as a society don't want to normalize that kind of behavior, but we do need to recognize how pervasive it is. And so it's like says the number of U.S. troops killed in Afghanistan and Iraq, 6,614. And the number of women in the same period who were killed as the as the result of domestic violence in the United States, 11,766, twice as many as in military conflict in in a wartime, um, which I think is really um, staggering. And we have some more that we can kind of infuse as we go on throughout the rest of the show, because I think we got somebody. on. We the, do have a lunch. phone call. Mm-hmm. Bill is calling in from Arkansas. Hi, Bill. Good morning. Good morning. What's uh, your question? I got I got a little situation. Um, I've got a wife that I've uh, had for uh, uh, over ten years, and I love her to death. She's older older than I am, and I have no business, uh, as any man has no business, talking to her in a terse way. Well, sometimes when you get in from working all week out on the road, uh, a button can be pushed. And that button got pushed one time uh, about a month and a half, almost two months ago. And uh, I said, uh, she did something or said something. I can't remember now because I've, I've sort of blocked it out a little bit. But I said, well, that's kind of stupid. And then her daughter, who lives with us, said, don't you call my mother stupid. And I proceeded to lay into her and let her know I didn't call her stupid. I said, that sounds kind of stupid. Well, I got thinking about it. In reality, I did say she's stupid when I made that comment. And I would never do that, (laughs) excuse me, to my wife because I love her so much. And I just I just want people to know that even something that you say like that can hurt. And we need to watch ourselves 
when we open our mouths because if you're like me, I've got a big foot and I can insert that foot in that <laughs> mouth real easy. Wendy, can you respond to that? Well, Bill, first of all, I, I say thank you for calling in. Um, and I usually tell individuals that, yes, uh, if you're in an intimate partner relationship, sometimes you will have heated fellowship. Sometimes <laughs> you will say things that, you know, aren't nice. Sometimes we don't fight fair. Sometimes out of our own frustrations and everything, we say things. So, Bill, first and foremost, I want to say thank you again for calling and giving that story correct. The people we love, we don't want to hurt. We don't want to harm. We don't want to say things that are negative to them. Um, but really, domestic violence is rooted in power and control. When you're using your power and control within the relationship to cause harm, to humiliate, to demean, degrade, and those type things, it doesn't sound like that was your intent. But I do appreciate you even acknowledging that because our listeners can hear that those things do happen and we have to take responsibility um, for the things that we say or do that are not nice and can uh, impact or affect the people that we love. So thank you again for calling. And it doesn't sound like you're the type of man that uh, is is controlling or abusive in that nature. So again, thank you for calling. And we do want others to know that domestic violence is rooted in power power and control. It's a pattern of coercive behavior when an individual uses their power and control within the relationship to hurt the other person. And it does not seem like that was your intent. Not at all. Thank you. Well, Bill, I'm so glad that you called because look, I'm married too. And um, sometimes sorry is the hardest word. And it, it, it's something that is necessary. I, you know, I think about how I am with my children and I say, you know, mistakes are necessary and they are forgiven. And then I think, well, where as adults do we lose that same level of compassion and understanding for each other as adults that we exhibit to little children? And I think that it is, you know, tempers fly from time to time. Um, we all have moments where we can be um, short tempered, Um, and, but it's, it's good when you can step away from that situation or that moment and recognize that your word choice might not have been the best or that you didn't exactly say that correctly. Or even if you recognize that it was just a really hard day at work and you needed time to decompress and you didn't have it and you kind of just responded in, in that moment, but to be able to step back from it and to say, you know what? That really wasn't what I intended, but what you felt, I'd never want to make you feel that way. And to say I'm sorry, um, I think if y'all have only been married for 10 years, you're probably going to definitely make it for another 100 if if that's how you handle it. Thank you so much, Bill. Thank you, and I appreciate y'all's input. Appreciate it. We're going back to the phones, and Linda's calling in from Port Gibson. Hi, Linda. Hi. Good morning, Linda. What's your question? Yeah, I don't have a question, but I want to make a statement. Okay. Uh, uh, Someone has said, uh, why do you stay in a relationship like that? Why don't you just leave? Well, it's it's really hard to answer because uh, that person has made you feel so bad that you don't even 
you just feel unworthy and that you feel that uh, you're ugly and that's, that's the only, they're the only uh, good thing for you. Hello. Yeah, we're listening. Yeah, I think listening. you you I mean so the reason look nobody was saying anything cuz everybody's sitting around the table shaking their heads. I mean, you hit it right on the you are right on the money, Linda. And and so many people, it's not all women, but so many people who are caught up and it's really like being stuck, right? It's like being yeah, stuck like in quicksand. Stuck. You're kind of slowly sinking. You wiggle too fast. You start sinking faster. I mean, and and it's like you you don't want to. You you feel like you can't fight it, but at the same time, you know yeah. you can't no. stay where you are. And but that's the other piece is this this manipulation and a devaluing of the other person. And so you know the one of the first steps is realizing that nobody can devalue you, right? So even if that person is not respectful of you, it does not change your value as, a, as an individual. But if you hear that over and over and over again, you're not any good. Nobody else is going to love you. Nobody else is going to want you. Where are you going to go? You don't have any money. You're not pretty. Nobody's going to love you. People hear that. And when you it hear it, to your psyche, really. it does. It, you hear and it over thing. and over again. And that's Another the psychological abuse. Does is he isolates you from your parents, your friends, and so you can't go back. That's actually and you, Linda, and he's you your mirror. He's your mirror. So what you're hearing from him is what you think is the truth. And yeah. then a lot of times, what you tend to do is for the sake of the relationship. Even though he isolates you, you bring about a greater isolation because of the shame. And then you do really believe that there's nobody out there to help you. And where there, and I say where there is help, there is hope where there's hope, there's help. And it keep going back and forth, but you don't even see the help. You don't see the hope. So when you're hopeless and feeling helpless, you, you, you know, that door seems to be closed. But, you know, Linda, you you are you're right on it this morning. We got a chair and a microphone here in the studio. You could be our uh, our guest <laughs> host, <laughs> our, our new guest. But those are some very good points. And thank you so much for sharing them. And I think you have articulated something that so many like two of the very main points that a lot of women feel like keep them hindered or kind of stuck just even in their own minds. I mean, how can you act when you can't even formulate your plan of action? Linda, thank you so much for calling. We appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. I, I want to mention, you said 85% of women, of people who are abused, 85% are women. I had a friend who, a man who was physically abused by his wife. I mean, she beat him up on a regular basis. And they were divorced. He got away from her. But when I first met him, and he had been divorced several years, he was still, he was like a wounded puppy. You look at him and he was just withdrawn. And it wasn't until he fell in love again that he sort of blossomed. And it took a long time, though, for him to come out. And I imagine that it would be the same or worse for a woman that goes through that. Absolutely. I think that's why Lifetime, the Lifetime movie channel is so popular, because that movie channel tells stories that 
you know, those are things that people are really experiencing. Somebody's watching them so, yeah, <laughs> because they wouldn't be making them. them. Yeah, but I mean, they're watching them, but it's, you know, it's the other part is that, you know, this concept of isolation and being alone, that's like one of the biggest messages I think that, that people who are involved in abusive relationships need to hear. You are not alone. And, and as long as you desire you you gotta want you gotta recognize your that you are worth it and that you do not deserve nobody deserves to be mistreated or abused you deserve better and it is out there it's not easy to get to i would love to say that that's easy but there is it's so hard to kind of break those bonds that are keeping you where you are but it can definitely be done and it will give you a whole new opportunity to live a, a life of normalcy and it is not something that doesn't go away you will have you will just like you may have had physical wounds there are emotional wounds that will also need to heal those things take time but don't feel like it's the end because it doesn't have to be the end for you. As long as you're still here, as long as you have another day, there's an opportunity to make some changes and, and you can start your planning. You can start mapping out your exit strategy. You can get on that road today, but please don't sit in silence. Find someone to talk to. It can be a total stranger Sometimes that might be the most safe place that you feel, but there are there are hotlines and and counseling numbers that we can provide for you or that you can find that where you can actually contact people who will help talk you through what you're feeling. We need to take our next break. And when we come back, we'll talk about, we'll talk, ask Wendy about um, the coalition, coalition Against Domestic Violence, what you do, how you help people get out of a situation like that. If you want to give us a call, the number is one eight seven seven mpb ring 877-672-7464. Or you can send an email if you'd prefer to women at mpbonline.org. We'll be right back on Southern Remedy for Women on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Listening to Southern Remedy for Women today. I'm Karen Brown here with Dr. Michelle Owens. Our guest is Wendy Mahoney. She's the executive director of the Mississippi Coalition Against Domestic Violence, and that is our topic today domestic violence. We're going to go straight to the phones. Jimmy calling in from Jackson. Hey, Jimmy. Hey, how you doing? Good. What would you like to talk to us about? 
I've got it's something y'all are missing out. I went to court, and this woman that I was with, the way she could get things like a house or anything, she made a false statement saying I've abused her, which I never did. And that's not being recognized by anybody. And now that's on my record for life, and I can't get it off. So what about the false statements of saying that? So, um, Jimmy, that you know that that's actually a really horrible situation, I, and what we were trying to focus on really or the focus for the today's show is just to kind of get people aware of it. I think that um, it is unfortunate for any person to be wrongfully accused of any kind of crime or a manipulation of the system in order to use that for their own personal gain. And so, so that is not at all um, a situation that should be endorsed or is a good thing. That is horrible. I think even the people in the listening audience and any person who has actually experienced abuse Uh um, would probably never just say uh, randomly or levy that kind of serious allegation against someone in the event that that has never happened. And I'm sorry um, that that has happened to you. What we really um, were trying are trying to focus on with this program is for those women who are out there who actually are being abused. And in no way do we, this is serious enough and pervasive enough that the last thing that people need is folks making false claims. And really the issues that we see most often are women who are afraid to come forth or men who are afraid to come forth um, because it's actually happening in their life. But yeah, that, that is really terrible. Um, And I would hope that if there are those kinds of allegations that you might have access to some kind of legal assistance that might be able to help you to clear your name and to uh, present, you know, whatever information or evidence there is to actually support you in that and to get your name cleared. Thank you, Jimmy. Thank you for your phone call. We're going to stay on the phones and Ashley calling in from Jackson. Good morning, Ashley. Good morning. Did you want to share your story with us? I did. Um, I was in an abusive relationship for five years, and he would come and go, and when he would come back, uh, I mean, he'd be gone for periods of a month or two and come back. And, you know, when he was gone, I would be filled with contempt and glad that he was gone, even though I was struggling to pay my bills and, you know, I, I like, was afraid. I had a lot of fear. Um, but I wouldn't move on, and I wouldn't consider it. And then when he would come back, it was like I could still say all of the things that he had done and see them and remember them, but it was like I couldn't interpret them as being as bad as they really were. You know, as soon as he was there and I'm looking at him and I'm talking to him, he's this wonderful man, and I'm going to give him another chance, but he's really not going to disappoint me. And, you know, I was convinced that it wasn't his fault, you know, he was a drug addict, so it was the drug, it wasn't him. And it finally got to the point where he had been gone for a few months and moved in with another woman and come back to visit, and I had decided to confront him about it and kind of gotten up the nerve to do that. And he made a comment about it being my own fault that my, like, physical... Um, 
my physical self was changed after having my daughter. And then it was my fault. And I finally just lost it. I mean, I became the abuser. You know, I actually hit him. And after that, I knew, okay, this is, this is not going to work. And I managed to stay in a relationship with that man for another year or so after that, you know, dealing with this and that, taking it back, um, and leaving, coming back, all of that. But when I finally had the nerve to split, and what, I won't even call it nerve. It was like I met someone else completely randomly who made me feel intelligent and beautiful and strong, and that guy didn't even work out. I mean, um, but... It was like something, it was all I needed to look at him and realize that I was better than that, and I didn't have to put up with it. Wendy, comment on this. What stood out to me was that you were mad at him when he was gone, but you thought he was wonderful when he came home. Is that something you hear about, Wendy? Well, the reality of it is the abuse isn't all the time, right, Ashley? Because in reality, there's some good components of that individual. They're not bad all the time. The abuse is... It doesn't happen all the time. And in that cycle of abuse, you know, when that honeymoon phase and the reality that you really love and care about this person, you know, and that's in any relationship when you love and care about them and it's good, you tend to focus on those parts. Now, in the back of your mind, you know that there are some parts that aren't good, but sometimes that the good sometimes outweighs in your mind those negative things until you get to a point where you really realize that no, the negative is more severe than the good. You know, you how you get that shift. But in reality, that's right. I, I, I agree with you, Ashley. That's how it happens. I know for me, when it was good, it was good. I got diamond bracelets. You know, we traveled. We did everything. But when it was bad in those moments, you know what I'm saying? And you look at the bigger picture, even in the course of a day, the bad is only, you know, minutes mm-hmm. compared to the entire day. So when you look at abuse in that context, you know, you you, you you have a better understanding of what it is and how it impacts an individual and how you think about the abuse. And Ashley, I'm just going to kind of throw out a couple of um, other things that's known like about. So there's been a lot of a lot of literature and things that have been written about um, abusive people, abusive behaviors, etc. And so here's the thing. How many people do you know, listening audience, people in the studio, Ashley, how many people do you know that that are excited about, you know, being an abusive person or that want that publicized? <laughs> so what I've so what they say is that overwhelmingly the profiles of these people are they are they are popular people. They are folks that people like to be around. They're a person you want to grab a drink with, you want to hang out with. They are the life of the party. They are great. But then there's this ugly part. And I've had one person that I heard as we were talking about domestic violence with one of my um, one of my patients, one of my patients made the statement, well, you know, Dr. Owens, he's 85% wonderful and he's 15% dangerous. Right. And but then I and so my next question, of course, was, well, crap, when that 15 percent shows up, what's that going to I mean, like, how do you know that that's not going to be the day that you end up being one of the many women who dies at the hands of her abuser, which is also a, a very distinct possibility. But it's that concept of this. You you see the this wonderful usually wonderful person absolutely or it's oh he only beats me when he drinks 
well, he drinks three times a week. You know, there are all these little things that we say to ourselves to explain away or to excuse really that which is truthfully unexcusable because you don't want to pick up the phone and call your friend and say, yeah, well, he beats me three times a week, but it's only when he drinks the rest of the time. It's great. Um, But that's but that's really how it is. And I think what you have illustrated so well and it probably would not have come across to the listening audience as well had you not shared your story is just this concept of this cycle and how when you say it out loud it sounds a certain way but when you're in it it feels different it feels different we can make it okay we can excuse it and when you love someone your tolerance for their stuff is a whole lot different than the person who's not in love with them, which is kind of why a lot of times people will be estranged from family and friends. Um, Though there's the part of isolation, but then there's the other part of your friends. You want to protect them. And your friends and your friends will say, or you'll say, well, I'm not going to tell them this because I know that when I'm ready to forgive him, they won't be ready to forgive. And they'll be like, why are you back when, don't you remember this? And you're like, no, I'm, I'm not trying to remember that. I want to move on. But in you want to of- protect. Think about the people you love, you want to protect. Mm-hmm. So that's another, another component of it is you're really protecting them. And you, you don't have a protection from them yourself, but you end up protecting them also. So Ashley, did you spend a lot of time in the, during the course of your relationship defending him to people in your circle? I didn't really have one. And was that more, was that because of the limitations that he placed on you or did you kind of voluntarily pull away? Yeah, he, he wasn't, um, when he was gone, he was completely gone. He didn't care what I did. And when he was there, he was trying to act like everything was fine until it wasn't, you know? Um, so I, I just didn't really have, I didn't really have a circle. I didn't really like. I just wanted to kind of spend my time by myself. It, it was like kind of voluntary, I guess. Uh-huh. So I didn't really, and I, did, I certainly didn't talk to my family about it either. They weren't, they didn't like it to begin with. So I didn't want to further that Yeah. in any way. So, yeah. Well, I got really excited when I just heard the the uptick in your voice when you talked about the person that you met who made you feel, and you said, which I've I, I paid attention, I'm hanging on every word, right? Like you're telling this great story. But like when you said, he made me feel beautiful and he made me feel intelligent, you said, and strong. And I think that, you know, that was, I, I kind of got like chills when you said it because it was, it was evident in your voice that, there was a revival of a person who you might have lost contact with or might have forgotten that you were like, you didn't change. You were still the same Ashley. Um, But yet there was another person who you encountered who helped you, who helped remind you of those wonderful things about yourself. And he didn't even work out, but it was, it wasn't, that wasn't even what mattered. That's okay. I just needed to be reminded that I, I was better than that. Yeah, people come into your people come into your life for a lot of different reasons, and it may not his might not have been for permanence. It might have just been just for that. 
so that you were reminded of your value. Um, And that could in turn give you lasting strength to be able to make choices and to know that you don't have to tolerate that from anyone anymore. And to be able to finally close that chapter and like rewrite the rest of your story. Ashley, thank you so much for your phone call and for sharing your story. Thank you. That was awesome. All right, we're taking our last break of the show. When we come back, really, we're going to talk about how people get help. You know, we keep talking about how they need to do this, do this. How do they do it, actually? So um, if you want to give us a call, you have just a few minutes left at one eight seven seven mpb ring 877-672-7464. This is Southern Remedy for Women on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. We're back for our final segment on Southern Remedy for Women, and we have Daniel calling in. Uh, Daniel from Sardis. Daniel, go ahead. Yeah, this is the son my son, when we all went talking about sons and mothers. Well, I thought maybe I might get some help or something, but we can't get along at all. And he got like, he calls me crazy. You talk crazy all the time. That hurts my feelings. And you know what, Daniel? That is abuse. Interpersonal violence can be between a mother and child. Um, those are those intimate relationships where there's a, a part of the authority uh-huh. where you are the, you know, uh, should be honored and respected as the mother. Yeah. He is, uh-huh. is using that uh, uh, in a negative way. So, yeah. uh, and I understand that is emotional abuse uh, when he says Ooh, those things to you. And so, you know, there there are resources out there. You're in Sardis. One of the programs is House of Grace. Uh, if you want to talk to someone, our organization um, uh, has on our website, we have um, uh, the various phone numbers and different things that you could call, um, you know, just to have a conversation with somebody. Because I think sometimes, you know, you think you're alone or you feel like, oh, my goodness, what do I do? And just even processing and talking to someone to validate that you aren't crazy, that you aren't stupid, that you are valuable helps tremendously. So I commend you for even calling in today, having that particular conversation. But uh, House of Grace, uh, the number is 662-253-0252. And just, you know, you can talk to one of their counselors there just to say this is... this is quit on me. Ma'am? No, they won't. <laughs> Not at all. They will talk to you until you find a solution, and they probably will be able to give you some tools that might help Absolutely. To, to make the situation or at least communication with your son. They'll give you some things that you can use to kind of help better communicate with him. Daniel, yeah. thank you so much for calling. Wish you the best of luck. Thank you. Wendy, all right. 
someone calls in to one of your centers, or, what will they encounter? Can they talk to someone and be completely anonymous? Yes. Actually, okay, there are a number of ways people can get assistance. A number of times people call the National Domestic Violence Hotline. And the National Domestic Violence Hotline, that number uh, is 866-799-SAFE. And individuals call the, the National Hotline and 24 hours can get resources, information. Uh, and a lot of times people don't always want to go to a domestic violence shelter, but what they want is just basic information or to be able to talk about what, what is going on with them. If an individual um, chooses to call our organization, you know, they can always give us a call. And if they give us a call, we basically refer them to a shelter program. And when I say program, a lot of people say shelter. Oh, I don't want to leave home. It's not about leaving home. Our shelter programs throughout the state, we have 12 programs and those specific programs, you can talk about where you are, what's going on or whatever. And in your local area, they're going to give you resources and information on uh, what to do because everybody does not leave their home or don't want to leave their home, but need some support in navigating, even how to be safe in the midst of an unsafe situation to be able to process that with someone. Go to our website. Our website has great information on red flags, things to, to look at, how to develop a safety plan. Because sometimes when you figure, okay, one day I may leave, but what do I even start? A lot of times people don't even know how to process. What do I do? What do I take? How do I figure this whole thing out? And if there are children in Involved, and absolutely, if there are children involved. So even calling our 800 number, 800-898-3234, go to our website at mcadv.org. That's M as in Mary, C as in Cat, A as in Apple, D as in David, V as in Victor.org. So the individuals can get information. Sometimes it's easier just on your phone to look up that information um, so that you'll know what to do. Well, Wendy Mahoney, thank you so much for joining us again. Uh, that's the Mississippi Coalition Against Domestic Violence. Thank you. Southern Remedy for Women is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Think Radio. It is funded in part by a grant from the University of Mississippi Medical Center and by generous support from the MPB Foundation. Today's show was engineered by Jay White. For Dr. Michelle Owens, I'm Karen Brown. Join us next Friday at 11 for Southern Remedy for Women. And stay tuned. NPR's Here and Now is next on MPB Think Radio. This is MPB Think Radio, Mississippi Public Broadcasting.